the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Upside. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is in studio, well, in an undisclosed location as it looks on YouTube. Larry Rosenthal.tv. Here he is, Larry. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm doing, doing well. I'm doing well. What, where? I mean, I used to do undisclosed location. You don't have to tell us. Just about. out of town. Just traveling out. remote. That's all. Doing it's your, okay. Doing your thing. Doing your it's thing. It's all good. But still working, right? Still working. That's right. You and me and a dog named Boo. We're doing good stuff today, right? There you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Uh, welcome to Open Mic Saturday again. You know, I love Saturday mornings where it's it's open mic, so that means no questions are, are held back, no holes barred at all. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions on the stock market, the jobs scenario, the your 401k plan, whatever's on your mind today, estate planning, insurance, whatever's on your mind, you can dial us up right here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your questions on anything at all. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA, the D.C. Baltimore area, as well as our, our listeners, Sirius XM around the nation, coast-to-coast, national broadcast, and on LarryRosenthal.tv. That's right. You can go check it out on LarryRosenthal.tv. TV and watch the show live streaming. It's Chris and I today. Bob's out this weekend, but uh, it's just Chris and I, so you can check us out on YouTube right there. Yeah, you know, the, um, st- the guy that uh, the looks, looks the best of the three of us is... You know, not yep, he, he got all the brains and the looks, right? Just me and you this week, so there you go. There you go. Hey, so what happened this past week in the markets? Equities bounced. Why? Because recession fears eased a little bit. You know, it's kind of funny about that. You know, the, 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 the markets need us to move toward a recession in order to bring down inflation, right? The economy needs to slow down enough to bring us down on the inflation pressures, which is what we all want. But at 
at the same time, that road traveled to slowing the economy, bringing prices down, is also the same road that leads to a recession. Well, this past week, as you saw the market action on Thursday and Friday, up very, very strong uh, this week because more economic data came out that said, hey, you know what? It doesn't look like we're moving toward a recession. You know, we had weekly jobless claims fall. Again, the U.S. labor market remains extremely strong, very resilient. Uh, you know, unemployment benefits fell uh, uh, again last week and and continues to, to, to trend in a very favorable uh, fashion. So on one hand, you have a whole bunch of economic data that shows the economy slowing. And on the other hand, you have economic data that, data that shows the economy strong and resilient. And so what does that really mean to, you know, as far as are we going to move into a recession? Are we, all, are, are we already in one? Will it be very shallow and, and, and uh, short-lived, you know, if there is one going on, right? You know, so, so what does it mean? Still, it's the same story I've been telling you all year long. It's about inflation pressures coming down. And, you know, Chairman Jer- Jerome Powell said, said just the other day uh, in, in, in a meeting that he was in, at, at, uh, speaking at a, a conference in, in D.C., he said, look, the Fed feels very strong, very committed to beating down inflation, bringing it back down. But he also said at the same time, with hopes of not imposing very high social costs to people. In other words, he doesn't want to stall the economy so dramatically that we start to see job losses be created, that we start to see unemployment go from 3.5% to 4.5% to 5.5% to 6.5%, 7.5%. He does not want to push us that far down that recession road. So he's still navigating a, a, a tough landing, a, a soft landing, where they're going to try to bring down inflation but at the same time, not devastate the job market at the same time. So, so that's what the game is right now, and the markets are going to continue to trade on that information back and forth. Now, let's go back in time real quick and take a look at where we are today. You know, back in June, the inflation number was very high. It came out at 9.06%, and then the July number dropped to 8.52%. Okay, which is very good. That so then all of a sudden the market said, "Hey, we got a trend line going." No, one month does not make a trend. Well, this coming Tuesday, July, uh, September thirteenth, we're going to get the August inflation numbers at eight thirty a.m. Eastern time. So, what do those numbers look like? What do they have to be for the markets to celebrate? Right? You know, if the numbers come in at the same level, eight and a half roughly, that it was in July, maybe we start talking about they've plateaued. Now we've seen inflation sort of plateau and dragging sideways a little bit. That could be a good thing for the markets. What happens if it drops down to eight and a quarter? Now people are going to start saying, hey, we've got a trend line going on, right? It's going down, down, down. We need to see inflation really start to trend down three or four months. The markets should celebrate that, and at the same time, hopefully that navigates into a soft landing. Now, corporate earnings are still come in pretty strong, and still for the next five quarters are estimated to continue to rise, which is good news. So, so you've got both scenarios playing out right there. Okay, Here's my take on this inflation number that's going to be coming up uh, uh, this coming Tuesday. <clears throat> No matter what the number is, if it's close to in or around 8.5%, maybe a little bit higher, right on that number, right below that number, somewhere in that area, what's going to be the important thing is what the Fed says the following week. September 20th and 21st, the Fed meets again. 
September 21st, they're going to announce their next rate hike, okay? Most likely, it's going to be 75 basis points. And a lot of that's going to be data dependent on some of the numbers that they see this coming Tuesday. So whatever this number is that's going to end up being on Tuesday, the real importance is to take a look at what the Fed language is around that rate hike the following week on the 21st. That's really going to set the stage for the market in the coming weeks. So two big events coming up next week on Tuesday the 13th, inflation numbers at 830, and then the Fed uh, rate hike probable um, September 21st. you got uh, another probably. big event coming up, too. You can give us the, the, your take on some Oh, that's things. right. That's exactly right. We've scheduled our next, our next webinar uh, for September 14th, the day after we get the inflation numbers for August. So we're going to get all the latest data there. Yep. So check it out here. This is a free webinar, and we're doing two of them on Wednesday, September 14th. The first one goes from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, and then the second one goes from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Both webinars are the exact same thing. The first half of the webinar is going to be a market update and economic commentary on where we are right now in this track. Uh, is the market's going to get? Are the markets going to get rebuilt? What about corporate earnings? What about your retirement plans? How does all that look? We're going to be doing an economic and market update, and then we're going to do some basics in estate planning, wills, trust, account titling forms, how to minimize taxes. So it's only an hour. There's no cost for it. You can go to my website right now today at LarryRosenthal.com, and you can register right there. Just click on uh, seminars and educational events, and you'll see it pop up. You have the choice of two of them. Again, it's going to be Wednesday, September 14th from 12 to 1 p.m. or from 6 to 7 p.m., both times Eastern. You can take both classes if you like. There's no cost for it all. You can sit in the privacy of your own home and click through the, the and, and watch, watch us click through the slides and do an economic update as well as basics in estate planning. You will be able to ask questions live. We're going to have people from all over the country on this webinar. So, so check it out. Join it. Uh, you know, feel free. Go to the website again, Rosenthal Wealth Management. Group uh, or RosenthalWealthManagement.com or LarryRosenthal.com. Make it very simple and click on the seminar icon, and you can go ahead and register right there. Again, Wednesday, September 14th, from one from noon to noon to one and six to seven p.m. There's no cost for it. Looking forward to it. Again, we'll have lots of people on there, lots of Q and A, lots of interaction, and things like that. We and uh, so hope to see you there on that. Listen, Chris, I see we got to take a quick break here. Let's open up the phone lines again. It's Open Mic Saturday. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions on any subject at all. 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. 
CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, our number is 855-767-3123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial planner and retirement expert here in studio, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, Chris. So we've got some stuff in the news this week. Actually, the last couple of weeks, there's been articles written on this. We're coming down to the end of the year. we got some issues we have to take care of. Okay. All right. So let's figure out what we can do here, Chris. All, All right. right. So, you know, a couple of years ago, in 2019 it was, we had the SECURE Act passed. Mm-hmm. And the SECURE Act changed a few things. It, it changed the ability for people to wait for their RMDs to start from age 70 and a half to 72, right? Okay, which was kind of a good thing from that standpoint. But one of the underlining things in it was not so good is that they took away the lifetime tax advantage stretch IRA. Okay, so it used to be prior to 2019. Now, there are some exceptions, but let's just pretend everybody's starting in 2019. If, if somebody passes away with IRA-type money, 401K, 403B, IRA-type money, non-Roth, pre-tax money, and the money goes to a non-spousal beneficiary, it used to be that that beneficiary could take that money and stretch the income distributions over their life expectancy for as long as 82.4 years. That law changed. That law changed in 2019 for effective January 1st, 2020. And now the law states basically if the money goes to a non-spousal beneficiary who's greater than 10 years younger than you, then that money can only stay in the account for as long as 10 years. And then the entire thing has to come out and pay tax on it all. Now, they don't have to take it out a little bit each year, you know, one-tenth each year or 20% a year for five years. You can do whatever you want. You can take a little bit out in year three, a little bit out in year seven, but the whole thing has to be liquidated completely by the end of 10 years because the IRS wants their tax money. They don't want to stretch it out anymore. So now what's happened is that's how Congress has passed the rule. The IRS has now come out and said, wait a minute, we interpret this a little differently. Because there were people that were already RMD age eligible. In other words, there were people that were already age 72 in 2021 who passed away who were taking their RMD. And now the IRS is saying 
the beneficiaries cannot come back and put a pause on it for 10 years and then take it all out. You must continue taking those distributions if somebody was already at their beginning age of, of uh, 70 and a half or 70, 72, depending on the year of death. So, so this has been kind of a conflict of what's going on. We've had clients, you know, this has happened to earlier this year. We've said, well, let's just wait and see if we get clarity by the end of the year on this, right? Because it, it, it's all, it all comes down to December 31st, what gets printed on your tax return as far as IRA distributions and stuff like that. So, so here's what's happening now. You know, we're rolling into the last part of the year, you know, September and then the fourth quarter we have coming up. And there are people that are still waiting for clarity on all of this. So, so the suggestion has come out that you know what? If you're not sure, take the distribution this year. Maybe you'll get clarity on it next year. But if you don't take the distribution and the rule goes against you, then you could end up pace, facing taxes and possibly a penalty involved with this. So, you know, who knows when it's going to get clear? We've had lots of we've, we've had a handful of questions on this recently, and that's the way the the rule plays out there. So, you know, bottom line is this is is, is if you've inherited IRA money and you're a non-spousal beneficiary who's greater than 10 years younger than the than the person who passed, you're sitting in this boat right now. Whether this person's 72, whether the person who passed is 72 uh, or, or, or older or younger as far as, as far as that goes, depending on the rule. So, so bottom line is we don't have clarity on this, on which way it plays out, but just keep your eye, you know, keep your finger on the pulse of this thing because it, you don't want to end up with an unnecessary IRS penalty tax as far as that goes. So, so lots of, you know, lots of things to think about uh, when, it, when it comes to that. You know, one of the blind spots, actually, that, that people have in estate planning falls under these types of rules, Chris. You know, people say, okay, I've got my beneficiary forms, I've got all this stuff, it's all fi figured out and things like that. And then the question is when. How do, when does somebody actually receive these dollars and do you want to control them? What are the limitations with the, with the taxes involved with it all? You know, and just different things like that. So, so, you know, distribution planning is a blind spot when it comes to, you know, passing assets on. And, and a lot of it depends on tax law at the time as well as, you know, is it coming from a trust? Is it coming from a beneficiary form? Things of that nature there. So make sure that you, you do your due diligence and, and, you know, investment, financial planning, wealth management is not always just about what's going on in the stock market today or tomorrow. It's also about how to minimize tax exposures and create po uh, positive streams of income uh, for your heirs, you know, from reliable sources and, and, and things of that nature there. So uh, let's go ahead and welcome Sue on the line from Vermont. Good morning, Sue. How are you today? Hi, good morning. I'm doing great, Larry. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? Right. So I'm considering retiring this year. I'm 58. Um, I have a defined benefit from my utility company. Mm -hmm. And also a 401k with them. Uh, the only thing that's pushing my decision is that um, I take a lump sum and that factor goes down and my benefit goes down as the interest rates go up. Um, but my concern is that I provide the health insurance for my family. So I'm struggling with making that decision and, and what the market wait may do if I wait for three years. Well... You're asking what interest rates would do over the next three years? 
R- right. So <laughs> the the pension is dependent upon the interest rates um, going yep. up. So as the interest rates goes up, the the lump sum factor goes down, and my benefit goes down as yep, I wait. But if I, the interest rates go down, then my lump sum goes up. With that factor goes up. Correct. I, I totally get it. I understand. So right now, we've had very low interest rates for the last handful of years, and, and your pension benefit, should you have taken a lump sum and retired you know, just a year and a half ago, would be a lot higher than it is today. But yeah. uh, in the coming years, uh, Sue, so interest rates will continue to go up and they will come down. This is a timing thing, okay, because your interest rate is going to be published every 30 or 60 days, depending on your, on your pension plan. And and that formula, you'll see that formula, so you'll know what the next month's distribution rate would be. But more importantly, let, let's examine some of these questions. If you decide to take the, the pension plan and roll it over uh, into your own IRA, a lump sum like you're talking about, versus taking the pensionable income that they would deliver to you right away, first thing is, you know, do you need this money right away? Do you need the income, or would it serve you and your family better to take the lump sum, roll it into an IRA tax-free, and then let it grow for a handful of years and then start taking income? What is your your income needs? Yes, so I would need to draw on it as soon as I retire unless I go back to work, you know, elsewhere. Okay. So then if you take the lump sum, would you still be able to provide health care benefits? Or if you take the pension, does your plan give you health care benefits even though you're retired? Regardless, when I leave, I have no health care benefits. I'd have to buy them out on the market, which is super expensive because I have a 14-year-old son. That's yep. my dilemma um, and I-, I carry the insurance. Okay, I, I, I get it. I, I understand. So so this is really a, a cash flow question is, is what it really is. Mm-hmm. The, the question is this is, you know, when you take your defined benefit pension plan income at 58 years old, wow, that sounds great. I've got a pension for the rest of my life, right? But when you're 68, it hasn't gone up. When you're 78, it hasn't gone up. So it's going to every year lose a little bit of purchasing power to future future dollars because of inflation pressures. On the other hand, if you were to elect to take the money and, and, and put it into an IRA, then you have the opportunity not only to receive current income today, but you can also receive, uh, but the benefit could also go up in the future because the markets could push it up, and that would enable you to right. keep pace with inflation long term. So, so this is really a cash flow question. What would your pension distribute to you today? versus moving the money over into an income production portfolio. So we can run those numbers for you, and we really just Mm -hmm. need to take a look at at a couple scenarios. One, Sue, you decide to retire, either take the pension or take the rollover, and what is your cash flow needs without you working anymore? Then the second question is, you know what, if the cash flow is is supportive enough of your lifestyle needs, your expenses, you might not have to work. But maybe the, the, mm-hmm. the analysis says, you know what, I've got to go out and I, I've just got to earn, you know, 25000 a year just to take the edge off of things. You know, that, that gives you an opportunity to find that type of a job. Um, you know, or, right. or maybe, maybe the, the, the cash flow analysis says, you know what, look, you've got to go make 70000 a year. You know, so I don't know what the whole expenses and versus income scenario looks like. 
You've also got college funding on the horizon, things yeah. like that. So there's a there's a handful of things that that we should really take a look at putting into almost a retirement slash financial plan cash flow analysis. And I'll, I'll be happy to to have someone reach out to you and go over this with you and just sort of step you through and give you some thoughts on it all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Um, the one thing that's kind of driving my decision, the the I, I guess urgency of it is my concern that that pension may go away um, or they may change it. It, it, We have the choice of taking a lump sum or an annuity. I'd rather take the lump sum so that if something happens to me, my family gets it all, my son could get it, versus an annuity where, you know, you can take a reduced benefit and then my husband gets it until he passes and my son gets nothing. Um, Is there a possibility with a pension for a utility company that that could happen, I guess? That's my so yes, I mean the the yeah. if you if <clears throat> excuse me, Sue, if you and your husband were to both pass away early in retirement, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars left on the table that your heirs are not going to get. Versus moving the money over in a lump sum, if you and your husband pass away early in retirement, then your heirs are going to get what's left over in that IRA. Right. I guess it's more my question that could the company do away with the pension, then I lose the pension. The company's not going to do – the company may do away with the pension for new employees entering, okay? But they've got mm-hmm. this – they've got to continue. You would either they're, – they're not just going to do away with it. You'd either have somewhat of a buyout opportunity or if the company okay. got into trouble financially, then it would go to the PBGC, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, where you would still get a pension, but it would be substantially less, like maybe, you know, 50 cents on the dollar, 35 cents on the dollar, but you'd still get something. So there are protections there, but they're not just going to wake up one day and go, no, we're not going to pay this anymore. They can't do that. But they could wake up one day and say, hey, all new employees hired in 2025, here's your new program going forward, you know. Uh, you're, you'll be grandfathered in, but yeah, so there's, there's four or five ways to take a look at, at, at attacking this question, Sue. I just actually just worked through this with a, with a client the other day, the exact same, uh, pretty much scenario there. Uh, let me put you on hold and Chris will get your contact information and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week, give you a call and step through, uh, more of the details with it all. Okay. Great. Wonderful. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, when you take a look at, at putting the the different scenarios of that together, Chris, it's, 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 it gets into the weeds a little bit. It gets very detailed as far as the cash flow needs. You know, when should you take Social Security? Uh, you, you, she, she's below Social Security age now. What happens when she hits 62? Her son's going to be entering college at, at right around that time. A so lot lots to think of diff- about. There is lots of different things to be thinking about and, and running, you know, sort of a retirement distribution scenario. So, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. It's open mic Saturday. No questions barred at all. Give us a call on any subject matter at all, retirement, insurance, Social Security, long-term care, whatever's on your mind. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment.
You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal we've all heard the more risk you get the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments however can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns you can only water ski behind one boat at a time make sure your risk adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 this is the Larry Rosenthal Show welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show if you'd like to dial in to talk to Larry we've got a number for you 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 and also, you don't want to forget to register for that upcoming webinar. It's just around the corner, Larry. Sure, Chris. It's going to be coming up this Wednesday, September 14th, two times from uh, 12 p.m., 12 to 1 Eastern Time, and then from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's going to be on the most current economic data that we could pull out. Uh, you know, what's Which going will on be the very market? current, actually, because it's the it day will after be, yep. comes out. Yeah. It's the day after the inflation report for August, that's for sure. So it's going to be on, you know, the current economic data in uh, markets, things like that. And then we're going to dip our toe into um, some of the basics in estate planning as far as that goes. So you can register on my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Just click on the seminar button right there and register. It's free. There's no cost. And both classes will be the same thing. They're live. You can take one of them or, or take both of them. You have the opportunity to to uh, ask questions live during the webinar, so it's lots of fun. We're going to have people, again, from all over the country on this webinar and lots and lots of people. It'll be a lot of fun to, to do that. So bring your questions. Be ready. You know, Be more than happy to answer your questions and uh, you know, take a look at where things are as far as you know the markets and economy and basics in estate planning, too. So, you know, at the end of a year, a lot of people are looking for tax deductions, Chris, and there's a handful of different ways to to go about doing that. But I want to highlight something here today, and and that is some people will 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 say, okay, you know, where should I where should I put you know a, a donation this year? You know, the, most people, you know, they're they're tithing, they're giving gifts and 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 things to their churches, their missions. You know, they they have their favorite charities in mind. But that maybe somebody's looking for another deduction, and they're not sure what charity they want to give it to, right? Should I give it to my old college, or should I give it to the Boys and Girls Club? What, what, what should I do with it? Where should I put it, and things like that? You can look into what's called a donor-advised fund, and, and these are becoming more and more popular now. A donor-advised fund enables you to, to make a contribution to a mutual fund, and, and it's sort of, you know, you can choose your risk level, ultra-conservative, income, growth, whatever you want there. And you get a tax deduction for the current year. You get a tax deduction for the current year, but you don't have to name the charity. 
and you don't have to distribute the funds. You could you could put money in. Let's say you wanted to put five thousand dollars in, and and get a charitable donation on your tax return for whatever reason it is this year. And in 2025, you can say, you know what, I decided uh, this thing's grown a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and distribute it to XYZ Charity or to ABC Church or whatever it may be at that particular point. So don't forget to take a look at donor-advised funds when it, when it comes to, to making a charitable donation. Another thing that donor-advised funds do as well is when you're working with charities and they know that your money's coming directly from your checking account where you're writing them a check, or in a donor advised fund, you know, they recognize that they've got to sort of, you know, they don't have to, uh, they're not necessarily getting that money this year. So they need to keep moving that mission of that, of your favorite charity forward and making sure it's still acting in, in, in an appropriate way for you to, to make that distribution to them. So donor advised funds are becoming more and more popular these days. Again, it enables you to make a donation this year and you don't have to distribute it this year in order to keep that donation and lets you really shop around and get educated on, on where you want to put uh, the, the charitable gift uh, that, that you're looking to, 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 to secure for yourself. So let's welcome Jared on the line from New Orleans. Good morning, Jared. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How can I help you? I had a quick question about position number uh, in portfolios. I have a few different portfolios. Uh, and one in particular, I have like 32 positions. <laughs> I know it's pretty excessive, uh, but I want to diversify. Um, I guess my, my, my question is how many positions is too many and how many portfolios is too many portfolios? That's a great question. And so diversification is good until it turns into worsification. Okay. Chris and I have talked about this over the years, diversification oh, yeah. versus diver diversification. Okay. <laughs> and so here, here's the deal, Jared. So, so if you take a look at, at breaking this down, um, I've seen people bring in portfolios for a review where they've had multiple positions and it's all pushing and pulling against each other. It's not really going anywhere. Okay. Right. That's diversification. So, at the same time, a very simple way to take a look at it is is this. What's the objective? Is the objective income today or growth today? Let's say the objective is growth today, okay? So, so, so now you want to take a look at the different sectors. There's 11 different sectors in the S&P 500. And then you've got different market size companies, small companies, mid-size, large companies. You've got, you've got, um, uh, uh, you know, micro cap companies, very, very small. You've got very, very large companies, you know, the, 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 the bigger ones of the world. Then you take a look at are they value-oriented companies or are they growth-oriented companies, you know. And then you can take a look at, 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 at sectors and, and how things are done there. So, you know, if, if we wake up tomorrow and the newspaper says, hey, XYZ sector is not going to do anything for the next three years, we might not want to have any money there, Right. We, we might want to move money out of that place and into a place that's producing either the growth or the income that we need today. Fair enough. So, so that's kind of the answer to your question. Now, if you say, you know, look, I've, I really like, uh, you know, I don't know, say technology, okay, and there's dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of different types of technology companies out there, all the way from startups, you know, to, to big mega cap companies, right? And, and suppose you fill that up 
you know, that whole sector, the, the 32 positions you just said, are all technology companies. Well, from one standpoint, you can say I'm diversified within that tech sector. But the second standpoint yeah. is all those stocks in that example are going to go up and down based off of the tide, if you will, in the tech sector. So, yeah. you know, again, you want to stay in different industries, different sectors like that, different market caps, but at the same same way, you also want to make sure that you're providing yourself with alpha. And, and what I mean by that is let's suppose you have, you know, 70% of your holdings are in, you know, just basic baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet, boring stuff that you never have to apologize for. And then maybe the other 30% of the stuff is is sitting there, Jared, in, in, in a way where it's really tr – you're trying to hit some home runs with those dollars. You, you see what I mean? So – it's it's a very gray line, the answer to your question of, you know, how many positions should I have versus not? You know, on the other side of that, other people would say, well, you know, why do you have 32 positions in your portfolio? Does that mean that you love positions 1 through 5 and then 6 through 32 you don't like as much? The other question is, well, why would you even buy them then, right? Why not just load up on positions 1 through 5? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that so that conversation goes back and forth all the time in our industry, all the time. And so the way that we have to really attack this is we take a look at your, your accounts, we put it into a couple of different software anal analysis programs, and we would grade it from a risk-adjusted performance. You know, what is the risk you're taking given the performance you're getting? And that's what really needs to be done. Then we can start sitting around and go, hey, position number 18 is inefficient. You've got too much risk given the return on number 18. So let's take 32 positions and turn it into 31 right now. Hey, position number 11 is doing the same thing. Let's take 31 positions and turn it into 30 positions now. Do you see what I mean? And so that's the way yeah. we sort of have to crunch it down. So you may you may hit the most perfect portfolio. I, I don't know, but I, I would need to put it into that scenario right there. And there's a good chance that we can probably trim up, you know, half a dozen of those positions and show just because you're taking excess risk, giving the expected return that you should be getting on them. That's really the math that yeah. we have to do. So so I'm not beholden to say, okay, no more than 11 positions, you know, no no less than five. I, I'm not beholden to that. I'm more approaching it from a what's my risk-adjusted return. Position one, I've got lower risk and market returns. Position two, I've got double market risk and market returns. Position two has got to go away. It's just inefficient. It's upside down. That's what we need to do. And if you want, Jared, I'd be happy to, to take a look at it for you. I can put you on hold. Chris will get some of your contact information, and we'll set up a phone call sometime next week where we can do an analysis on your risk performance of everything, if you'd like. Sure. That sounds great. Okay, I appreciate the phone call. Let me put you on hold. Chris will pick up in just a second. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Yvonne on the line from D.C. Good morning, Yvonne. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing fine. How can I help you? Uh, I have a question about CDs. I have about uh, $60,000 in cash in the bank, getting almost no interest at all. And I was thinking, uh, I was wondering about the best approach to getting uh, a certificate of deposit. Um, should I put it all in for one term, or should I break it up? I think the term is called laddering, where you put in various amounts 
That is exactly correct, Yvonne. Yep, that's exactly what I would recommend. Go to the bank and say, I, w- I-, I want to look at rates on a three-month, six-month, nine-month, 12-month, excuse me, 15-month CDs, and you ladder them. That way, as interest rates continue to keep going up, and it looks like they will, you'll always have money maturing getting the new prevailing interest rate. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I think I will use that approach. Okay. All right. Absolutely. You're welcome. Have a great day. Appreciate the phone call. Let's welcome Jenna on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Jenna. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine, Larry. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you this morning? Good. Yes, I needed to get some information on RMDs. Uh, I am not 72 yet, but I wanted to find out how that RMD, uh, how is the RMD, uh, when do they take it out, will it be? No- will I be notified, and of, out of what account? So exactly how does that work when you begin to get, the, when it's time to take the RMD? Okay, first of all, Jenna, there's no RMD requirement at any age on Roth IRAs as long as it's yours. Okay, so we're just talking about pre-tax IRA money, 401K type, that type of stuff. Government TSP pre-tax money is what we're talking about. And if you have, what, what happens is the year you turn 72, so let's just pretend that in 2025 you turn 72. Let's say your birthday's June 15th, whatever. June 15th, 2025, you turn 72, okay? So what's going to happen is all of your IRA accounts, whether it's one account or you have three different IRA accounts, whatever it may be, you take the December 31st account balance of the prior year, in this case it would be December 31st, 2024, and you add it all up, and then you divide it by your factor of age 72, Okay, which I think is 27.2 or whatever. I don't, have the, I don't have the factor here in front of me. But you just take that number, divide it by that factor, and it comes out pretty close to about 3.5% is what you have to pull out. Okay? So every year going forward, your age 73 RMD is calculated based off the prior year's December 31st account balance. When you're 74, it's based off the prior year, December 31st account balance. That's how it's figured and calculated. Okay, so it's not taken out of anything like a checking or CDs or savings. You're no. Only on not, the pre-tax money. Yes, it comes out of the pre-tax money, and you have to take the distribution. If you don't take it, it's a 50% tax penalty plus income taxes on it. And so your IRA custodians, wherever you have the money, if, if it's at a mutual fund company, at a bank, at, an, at a brokerage house, at, with a financial advisor like us, they will notify you of your RMD requirements. Okay? Okay. So you guys and, will notify me. I am a client. Okay? Oh, okay. Good. Perfect. Good. Yep. Very good. Yep. We, we keep track of it. Uh, Net in the office keeps track of that. And, and, and we will really notify you. Really Don't good. worry. <laughs> we will definitely notify you. But that's how it works. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. You have a great weekend. Thanks you for the too. call. Bye-bye. Yep. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Hey, don't forget uh, uh, about our uh, uh, webinar coming up here next Wednesday, September 14th, from 12 to 1 p.m. and then from 6 to 7 p.m. on the um, – I'm going to be doing a live economic and market update, and then we're going to touch on the basics in estate planning. Let's welcome Jr. on the line from Baltimore. Good morning, Jr. How are you? I'm good, Larry. How are you doing today? I'm well, sir. How can I help you? Um, I just recently sold a property, my wife and I, in West Virginia in uh, last month, and we're trying to figure out 
capital gain taxes. From my little bit of Googling, I see something called tax rates for 2022, 0%, 15%, 20%, based upon filing jointly, filing separately, income for the year. Is uh, How does that work? Is that just one of the things? How does that work now? How, how am I going to save this? Okay, JR, here's the deal. Yep, here's the deal. Was this your primary residence or was it an investment or rental property? It was uh, an investment that we acquired 10 years ago and renovated as the money was available for 10 years. Okay, so when you acquired it, let's pretend, well, how much was it worth when you acquired it? We acquired it for 26000 Okay, and what did you sell it for? We sold it for, for before the real estate real estate agency and transfer tax. We sold it for two eighty one. We, we gave the seller the buyer back three thousand, and then we paid six percent for the real estate agent and whatever West Virginia transfer taxes. Yep. We paid okay. For, so we paid here's for septic, uh, septic pump stuff like that. Here's the here's the math on it. I'm not going to be able to get too detailed here on the air, but this will give you the 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 uh, you know back of the envelope math. Okay, you sold it for 281. Over the course of the years, you had upkeep, renovations, and things like that. Let's suppose that was an e- an even 81,000, right? Okay. So now you bought it for 26,000. You sold it for 281 minus your repairs and renovations of 81,000. So you got the difference between two hundred thousand and your twenty-six thousand. That's going to be a capital gains tax. It'll be long-term capital gains. It will be, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, t- depending on your tax bracket, most likely twenty percent long-term capital gains tax. But now here's the question, Jr. Do you do your own taxes? Uh, yeah, I have been using Credit Karma. They moved the cash app, so I guess I'll use them next year. That's what I've been doing for the last four years. So let me just make a suggestion to you in this case here, okay? And and I suggest this to a lot of people that do their own taxes. From time to time, I've learned that when people do their own taxes, sometimes it's best when a, when a, a, a one-time situation pops up, maybe that year you go to a CPA who may okay. be able to dig a little bit deeper into the tax code on things that you just might miss. And you've got, you've got a lot of history here of renovations. You've got real estate expenses, transfer costs, all different types of things going on here. If you're confident you can nail it, then do it. But if not, I suggest this year take it to a CPA. You don't have to go the following year, right? But at least this year you'll know that you're getting some professional eyeballs put on it who's, who's qualified in that area. And if you want, I, I'd be happy to send you out some, some uh, CPA firms that we work with over in, in Maryland. I see you're calling from Maryland. So if you, if you like, I'd be happy to do that for you. But that would be my suggestion on it. You're looking at a capital gains tax rate, though, okay? But minus yeah, all these okay. different things, plus did you take depreciation over the years? You're going to have depreciation recapture. So there's a lot involved in this formula. I'd recommend getting the CPA's uh, professional set of eyes on it at least this year. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Uh, so it looks like, looks like from your back of the envelope calc, we got uh, 174000 is what I have to pay calc, uh, capital gains on. 
I don't know if you've taken depreciation over the years because that would no. be recaptured back in, and plus there's probably some other expenses along the way that I don't know about and you haven't told me about. But, yeah, that's the back-of-the-envelope scenario. That's the starting point, and that's why I'd say, you know, take it to a CPA this year, Jr. Definitely. I will. Okay, and I can do the depreciations even though this is all news to me. I didn't know nothing about all that. Um, yeah, let me put you on hold. Chris will get some contact info from you, and then next week we'll, we'll send you over some CPA referrals uh, for you uh, as far as that goes. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome George on the line from New Jersey. Good morning, George. How are you? Yes, good morning, Larry. I'm fine. Um, I'm trying to help a family friend. He um, He's 72 years old. Um, so he has to take his RMD, and in his situation, he has around the same amount in a 403B, 401K, and IRA. And uh-huh. he would prefer, and let's say that he has to take $5,000 from each, and he would prefer to take 15000 from his 403B to satisfy the requirements for all of the accounts. But I don't know if that's legitimate, and that's why I'm calling Yes, sir. That's perfectly legitimate. The IRS says, here's the number you have to take, and they don't care if it comes out of 15 different accounts or one account. It's perfectly fine to take it all out of one account. Great. All right. That's all I needed. Thanks, Larry. Okie doke. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Bill on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. Thanks for my call. Sure. How can I help you, sir? Um, my wife uh, just turned 72 uh, last month, and she uh, is working, still works full-time. We both work full-time. Um, uh, she's with the 403B. She's still working full-time. She just turned 72. Um, what our question is, do, does she have to start taking money out of that 403B at, because she just turned 72. I don't know if I'm explaining this properly. But. Yeah, you were, you, were, you were breaking up a little bit in my, in my headphones there for a second. I, let me make sure I understand the, the question, Bill. Your, your wife is working at a place where she's currently contributing money to a 401K plan, and she's 72? No, a four hundred three B, if that matters. But uh, okay, yeah. Is if she's contributing to that plan, she doesn't have to take the RMD that from that plan, but she would from others. Okay, so when would she have to start withdrawing from that when she quits working full time? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. I think that answers my question. Okay, let me let me go ahead and send you out all the rules on that. Okay, let me put you on hold, Bill, and we'll 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 have someone send you out all the different rules on that. Okay, because okay. if there's other accounts, you, you're going to need to know that. So I'm going to put you on hold, Bill. Chris will okay. get your info here in just a second, and we'll go ahead and and um, uh, get get someone to to give you a ring next week and and get clarifying info and send you out all the RMD information. So appreciate the phone call there. Again, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Jerry on the line from D.C. Good morning, Jerry. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? just have a question about finding or whether you can recommend a good CTA. Um, I'm just finding that people are, you know, are not that knowledgeable or you don't educate you 
um, on these things that you need to know for going forward in your taxes. Um, so I'm just looking for someone that I can kind of. Sure, Jerry. What what I can do is is I'll go ahead and place you on hold, and Chris will get your contact info, and then we'll have somebody give you a ring next week, and we'll give you a handful of recommendations for CPAs in your area. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank yep. you. Absolutely. Let me place you on hold. You have a great weekend. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Go ahead and give us a ring here. we got a few minutes left in the show, 855-ROSE-123. Don't forget to go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, as well as check out our upcoming webinar that's going to be held next Wednesday, September 14th, from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, and then from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a live webinar. We'll have people from all over the country on it. We're looking forward to this. We haven't done one in a few months because we like to take the summers off, and, and I'm sure you don't want to be sitting in front of a webinar over the summertime anyway either. So it's kind of the back-to-school webinar season, if you will. But we're going to be breaking down the economy and the markets uh, with current information this coming Wednesday, September 14th, and then we'll be going into uh, basics and estate planning. So it's going to last about an hour. It'll be live Q&A. Uh, you know, so feel free to go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there on education and webinar uh, or seminar uh, uh little button right there. Uh, there's no cost for this webinar at all. I'd be more than happy to, to help give you all the updated information on your investments and things like that, you know. And Chris, you know, you, you have to really take a look at, at, at things too. You know, we, we sit here today, we sit here all day long on Saturdays and we talk about you know, money and investing and, and minimize taxes and how to grow wealth and, and, and different things like that. And we've been doing this now for for what, 19 years or so, going on 19 years, I believe it's been, uh, in on, on, on the air, and just lots of fun year in and year out. But at the same time, we, we also want to make sure that we have the right attitudes about things, you know, and, and we put the Lord first when it comes to our dollars, you know. And in Mark 8, 36, it says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul, you know? Let's keep things in priority. You know, we, we don't want money to manage us. You know, it's it's God's gift to us, and we need to be good stewards with it all. That's what we need to do is be good stewards with the assets that the Lord gives us. So, you know, uh, just keep that in mind, and, and, and uh, you know, you have, you'll have good peace of mind with it as far as that goes. Let's go ahead and welcome Helen on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Helen. How are you? Actually, that's Bellin. Bellin. Yeah. Bellin. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bellin. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I own my own business, and I have done very little to put away for the future. Um, but I have a very, I have a healthy business and a, and a good income. Um, you know, in excess of you know four hundred thousand. But I just haven't saved much, and um, I'm debt free. And I've been looking as I get older, I'm 52 now, at things like annuities that are post-tax where I can put $120,000 or so a year in and, you know, in 10 years accrue uh, income with the principal being guaranteed to never be lost. Or, you know, I'm giving up, obviously, upside for the security of not losing a principal. Um and I just wanted to hear your advice on whether those are good ideas as vehicles as you get older, if you have the excess income to put in it, or if that's a you know bad idea. 
Sure, Bellin. Well, well, here's the, the breakdown on that. What you're looking for is an investment that's going to give you a certain level of guaranteed income for life, which I get, and, and that's the right thinking. There's a lot of different ways to, to handle that, and, and there are advisors out there that only sell annuities to clients. There are advisors out there that would never put a client into any type of an annuity. I happen to be an advisor that has clients in both. Some of my clients have non-annuity investments and annuity investments at the same time. Some of them don't have annuities and some of them have annuities. And, and the reason why is it is all going to depend on your length of time that you want these assets to grow and, and, and uh, uh, you know, the cost and stuff like that. So let me do this. I'm going to put you on hold. I've got about 14 seconds left in the show, and I'll pick you right back up on the other side. Just one second. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.